How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys, Alex and Ryan. If you missed yesterday's episode, probably going to want to go check that out. We interviewed Will Warren, one of the Yankees' top young prospects and a great guy, lots of upside, and he eliminated one of his biggest weaknesses. He said, he said, he told us himself, um, facing against left-handed batters, starting to get better in that regard, and that's going to make his game a lot better. He loves facing off against righties, which obviously the majority of batters are, so definitely a lot of upside there. Love talking with him. I'm sure you guys would love that interview as well if you haven't seen it already but today we're talking about Anthony Volpe and his upside Anthony Volpe my friends I think he could be an all-star um looking at what his potential is in 2024 he has a lot to fix I think he could be a future all-star 2024 might be a bold take but I think it's possible in two areas he needs to take the biggest steps forward and again he's a young player he's he told us and, and showed us a lot of what he could do in 2023. He stole a lot of bases, hit a lot of home runs. He did some really good stuff for us, and I think we saw the upside there. Now he has to just work on a couple of fine-tuning, um, a little tweaks to his game to get really to that you know, upper echelon of shortstops showed us what he could do defensively as well, winning a gold glove as a rookie. So, Ryan, you know, what are your thoughts on Anthony Volpe going into 2024, what he can accomplish, and what do you think his weaknesses are in terms of helping him get into that all-star conversation? Yeah, so first and foremost, I'm doing well. And, you know, looking at Anthony Volpe, he is a guy who's going to be a really big contributor for this team next year. I'm not saying he's going to be one of the two or three best hitters on this team, but as a really good defender, as a really good base runner, he's likely going to finish towards the top of the standings, at least on the Yankees' leaderboards in terms of ones of above replacement, If thing, even if things go really well for the rest of the team, just because he plays premier, premium defense at a premium position. And looking a little bit at what the Yankees did this offseason, I know a lot of the focus has been, okay, they brought in Juan Soto, they brought in Alex Verdugo, they brought in Marcus Stroman, Trent Grisham, etc., etc. Well, I think one of the biggest things they did was bring in James Rosen. I think the hitting coach search was a lot more interesting and was a, told me a lot more about what the Yankees' direction was than people gave it credit for. The Yankees desperately needed to find somebody that could click with these young players, that could also click with the veterans, and kind of mesh between, you know, communication and bringing in, you know, and maintaining a modern approach. When you look at a guy like Dylan Lawson, Dylan Lawson's an extremely smart guy. He got fired by the Yankees at the deadline, um, or at the, at the All-Star break, and the Red Sox immediately scooped him up uh, this offseason. He did a really good job with the hitting development at the minor league level, but he was now put into a hitting coach role, and coaching is different than being a coordinator. You have a more hands-on experience with players, you're working in-season, you're not working with minor league players where you're going to get automatic buy-in. You rarely see prospects who say, yeah, I'm not going to try this. You're in the Yankee organization, you're drafted by the team, you don't have any major league success, you're going to try everything you can to get better, and, and absorb as much information as possible but we're talking about a locker room full of guys we're talking about you know former MVPs we're talking about you know guys with a long-standing uh experience in Major League Baseball right like let's look at the Yankees starting lineup entering 2023 the opening day lineup featured guys like DJ LeMahieu, John Carlos Stanton, Aaron Judge uh you know Anthony uh Anthony Rizzo right like these are guys who are considered not only guys who are supposed to be some of the biggest contributors on the team but also players who, you know, have been in the league for a while. So a guy coming in and saying, all right, this is what we're doing, guys. We're going to do this, this, and that. Um, you know, that could obviously throw some guys off. That made me make some guys feel uncomfortable, whatever it may be. You know, I also didn't even mention Josh Johnson, another guy who was, you know, on the opening day lineup and was a longstanding veteran in this league and also a former MVP. In 2022, it came out that the Yankees were trying to, you know, bring in Sean Casey after the 2022 season, which I found interesting because the Yankees finished top three in the league in terms of runs scored, WRC+. Plus. 
OPS, home runs. I only kind of fell flat in the postseason, but that had more to do with like Aaron Judge didn't hit and Matt Carpenter was hurt and Andrew Benintendi wasn't there and Josh Donaldson just was a bust, right? You know, a bunch of different variables that have nothing to really do with coaching and more to do with roster management and decision making and just poor luck. Um, and it was interesting that they were trying to move off him then. Then you have the quotes during that postseason series where John Carl stands like, guys, we need to make more contact. He says that to the media. And then when Dylan Lawson was asked about it, he was like, yeah, we're not going to change who we are. Like, I don't really, like, he just kind of immediately dismissed the idea. Now, who was wrong? Who was right? I don't know. I don't really care. Not really relevant to the point here. The point more so is it's clear that Dylan Lawson and the Yankees, it just didn't mesh. And you rarely see the Yankees fire a guy midseason. Actually, I don't think Brian Cashman's ever fired somebody midseason. So it told you that they really felt like he wasn't meshing with what they were thinking. Then they bring in Sean Casey. And not to say that Sean Casey isn't a modern thinking guy. I, I've never spoken to Sean Casey, but there are a lot of clips of him talking pretty uh, against data and analytics, right? And I don't think that breeds well in the modern game either. I think having an approach that kind of balances, all right, let's kind of make, let's have drills and thought processes that are, uh, you know, familiar to veterans while also bringing a more modern approach is important to balancing a clubhouse where you have a lot of veterans and you have a lot of young players who have come through a very analytically inclined farm system with the Yankees. And in the case of Anthony Volpe, the Yankees are, are, have a guy who I just think looked lost last year. He made some pretty poor swing decisions. Um, you know, he didn't hit for contact or average, which are two things he did at the minor league level. He did hit for some good power. Like, if you look at the ex-Wobicon, the barrel rate, pulled fly ball rate, pulled barrel rate, obviously hit 21 home runs, had a 2020 season. You look at that and say, everything's really good there. Why isn't it translating to consistent offensive success? Well, I just think it's a matter of he just never got consistent footing. He got hot, he got cold, he got hot, he got cold. It just didn't look consistent at the plate. Rosen has a lot of experience with unlocking a lot of younger players. Um, in regards to Byron Buxton, you know, he had helped him simplify his mechanical cues and trust his instincts as a hitter. Buxton told um, media and reporters that Rosen consistently told him, you're the best player in the game. Play like the best player in the game. You know, giving him that confidence. He worked with Spencer Torkelson over the offseason this past year. Um, not this past offseason, the year prior, because Torkelson struggled a lot in his rookie year, put up like a 78 WRC+, plus. comes into 2023, hits 30 home runs, and looks positioned to try to put himself in that top 10 conversation at the first base position. Um, you know, another guy who he's worked with would be Max Kepler. Uh, Max Kepler became more aggressive in zone, has turned in a pretty nice career uh, with the Minnesota Twins as a result. And I think a good player comparison here would be a guy like Dansby Swanson. Good power, some swing decision issues, a lot of swings and misses, good defender. You just hope he gives you like a 105 WRC plus because the defense is so good. Anthony Volpe put up what, like two to three war on terrible defense. Imagine the player value he would have, or on terrible offense, excuse me. Imagine the player value he would have with a good bat. Not a great bat, just a good one. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that Anthony Volpe has the capacity to have a great bat too. Um, not just a good one, as you kind of state. Um, Volpe, in my opinion, watching him last year, it was a, it was a bout of inconsistency. And listen, what we saw, like, I'll point to this for a good example. What we saw from DJ LeMahieu pre- and post-All-Star break were two different players. I'm not saying the same thing happened for Volpe, but I do question how Dylan Lawson's coaching techniques affected Volpe, especially because how, how and I'm going to recall something that happened mid-season, his batting stance changed, and Austin Wells pointed it out, and then they fixed it, and he started playing better. How is it that the Yankees missed that, right? You know what I mean? How how do you miss those small tweaks? And, and they weren't just small. They were major tweaks. His whole stance was shifted. Um, that could have been a mental lapse because he was kind of focusing on hitting the ball. He was kind of trying to be perfect. And knowing Anthony Volpe's mentality and attitude, he wants to be perfect, right? He wants to be a perfect player. 
But what I think Volpe actually was great at and what I think that we saw from Volpe in spring training last year wasn't a player that was trying to be perfect. He was trying to compete and, and just play baseball. You know what I mean? I think Volpe needs to go back to that mentality of just playing the game because he freaking loves it and he loves competition. The Yankees were a non-competitive team last year. The Yankees were struggling to get anything going. He was struggling. He didn't have any support. He felt like it was riding on him at times. I think that Volpe right now needs needs to play baseball, be himself, let the game come to him and said he's trying to control the game at times. And I think that's that really hurt him. I think a lot of it was mental, not physical, because we know the power is there. We know he's capable of being a great hitter. And we saw it in flashes and bunches, um, but it wasn't as consistent as we would have liked for a player at his age. I mean, look, he's young. I, I'm not expecting him to be consistent, but this upcoming season, the Yankees have Aaron Judge healthy. The Yankees have DJ LeMahieu healthy. They have Rizzo back. They have Soto, Verdugo. There is no pressure on Anthony Volpe to be the pinnacle of our offense, right? Last year, there were times when we were needing him to step up. This year, we don't need him to step up. He is a he is actually one of the worst hitters on this team right now <laughs> from a, a pure contribution standpoint, a pure uh, proven standpoint. He is the number nine hitter because he is the most uh, liable of all the players on this roster right now, aside from maybe Austin Wells. He is our worst hitter. And I think that he probably sees that as a competition, sees that as a challenge. And I want Volpe to see that as a challenge because we know he responds well to challenges. Um I think the Yankees need to tap into that mindset of his. Having Austin Wells there, by the way, one of his best buddies, I think gives him that friendship, that familiarity, that honesty that, and as Will Warren told us yesterday, you know, he's not afraid to tell you what you're doing wrong. And that's exactly what he did for Volpe at midseason last year over Chicken Parm. He told Volpe, buddy, you're, you're not, your stance is all messed up. You're not playing the way you should be. You need to fix this. Not only is Will is, is Austin Wells doing it for pitchers, he's doing it for the freaking starting shortstop of the New York Yankees. You know what I mean? Austin Wells is not just a player. He seems to be a coach in that in that locker room. Um, and I think that's really something to, to, to note. You know, what do you think about that? Because to me, that says a lot about leadership. It says a lot about what Austin Wells is bringing to this team, why he's going to be a prominent piece in this equation next year. Because he's helping not just the pitchers, but he's helping the freaking position players. And the youngsters at that, he's a leader for that young core the Yankees are developing. And you need a guy like that. And I think that that, that kind of narrative um, is something that we're going to start talking about a little bit more as the season kind of progresses here. Yeah, so uh, we have two different anecdotes uh, talking about Austin Wells as a leader. Um, You know, when we interviewed Will Warren yesterday, and again, you guys should definitely check out that episode. It was plenty of fun. Uh, You know, he talked about how, you know, Wells is the type of guy that, you know, he knows how pitchers tick. You know, he he finds ways to motivate pitchers. You know, he he tries to hold guys accountable, but he also is open to being held accountable himself. It's not like it it goes both ways. Um, You know, Trevor Amicon also gave us a quote earlier in the offseason talking about his, his, um, his presence as a leader in the clubhouse, describing his energy as like a loose but focused energy. This guy has an incredible work ethic. He has an incredible ability to, you know, communicate and gel guys together. And considering the young wave of prospects coming up, Number one, it's a really good sign that one of your top pitching prospects feels very comfortable throwing to Austin Wells because I I imagine that Will Warren will pitch at some point during the season this year. You know, it was interesting that he's already in Tampa and that, you know, he's working with guys like Judge, you know, like Glaber, right? Like, he's there for a reason. I don't think he's there because the Yankees were like, "Ah, I guess you could show up if you want. I think it's intentional. Um, and, and number two, uh, when it when it kind of stems when it comes back to you know the ability for these young guys to play well together, they have won at a lot of different levels. The Somerset Patriots won the Eastern League Championship. Um, you know they won a lot of games together at the minor league level. That being Wells, Dominguez, Volpe, you know uh, Warren, 
all those guys have won a ton, right? And that's really important. When you feel good about winning games, you know, I, I think Will Warren even mentioned this himself. He's like, you just go out and have fun playing baseball. There, It's not fun to lose, right? Like, guys, Anthony Volpe was a part of a losing Yankee team. I know they finished with a above 500 record, but there were some miserable stretches for that team. That team had some stretches, man, where they looked awful. Like, Alex, I don't think we have to, like, sugarcoat this. There were stretches where that team looked unwatchable, right? And it was a miserable experience, and it was the worst season by a New York Yankees team since 1992. So, you know, I, I think having, uh, I'm not saying uh, I'm not saying the Yankees can't cultivate a winning culture, that Aaron Boone can't cultivate a winning culture. I know somebody asked him that question at an event recently, and I thought it was a kind of dumb question, like, what constitutes winning culture? Like, is winning culture having good players? Is it having a better manager? Who knows? But I think having more talent creates winning culture. Like, let's be real here. Winning culture looks like having Aaron Judge and Juan Soto hit second you know uh, and and having Aaron Judge hit behind him it's you know we could talk about like does Aaron Boone lead his guys enough whatever it may be but when you have really good players and these really good players have great personalities and are great leaders good things are going to happen right when great players gel together great things happen right like baseball is a and and sports in general it's a talent driven league it's not really like the NFL where schemes matter a lot you're either a good hitter or you're not you're either a good pitcher or you're not um, you know, and in the sense, in the case, and how this ties back to Austin Wells is he's a very talented prospect and a very talented player and a very talented Yankee organization and in a very talented 26 man roster. You spoke out with Anthony Volpe, right? Like he's not the, like the two hitter on this team or even the six hitter. He's the nine hitter, right? The Yankees are extremely talented at the major league level and at the minor league level. And I think that's going to keep them sustainably good for a very long time. Even as they kind of wait out some of these longer deals that they signed that haven't aged very well. Like, look, Next four years of Stan deal is not going to feel great. The next three years of the LeMahieu deal is not going to be great. The next five years of the Rodon deal could be disastrous. But if you're able to churn out, like, turn Austin Wells into a starting catcher and turn Will Warren into a starting pitcher and turn Anthony Volpe into your franchise shortstop, suddenly you can cut cost places and, and kind of invest in other places. Or you can start packaging prospects at places of surplus value. Like, I love Augustine Ramirez as a prospect, but if Wells is your catcher of the future, do you maybe consider moving him in a deal, right? Like, things of that nature... The Yankees are really talented. Austin Wells is a great leader, and it reflects very well on how they develop these guys, that there are a lot of guys that come through the system and have excellent characters. Yeah, the character kind of mentality here, I think the Yankees have lacked some leadership in the past at times. Obviously, Aaron Judge being the prominent guy, now the captain of the Yankees, massive ordeal. But I think aside from him, we lacked a little bit of leadership from some of those prominent pieces on the team. Um, That voice, you know what I mean? And I think having a couple of those leaders now, I think Volpe's a leader by example. Even if he's not vocally a leader, he sets a good example because of how hard he works. Of course, Judge is always going to be. I think Rizzo's one of those veterans that has that leadership. Cole, I don't think he's like very outspoken like that, but I think he also leads by example based on his approach. Kind of like Eli Manning. Like They don't say much, but man, they, everything they do is pitch perfect, and they do it at a level that prepares them to be elite when it matters most. Um, and then you you know you look at kind of what Austin Wells brings is he's more of a vocal leader. And I think the Yankees need more of that. They need some more character. They need some more spark. That's why I loved Oswaldo Cabrera when he came here in 2022 and he got called up and he was such a prominent piece. The guy was just a ball of energy. We loved Harrison Bader for that too. Just a ball of energy. Not a great offensive player, but a ball of energy. And I think Austin Wells has that level of uh, command in terms of his vocal leadership. And Volpe has it too. Volpe is so hyper-focused on, you know, being great himself, though. And, like, that's where I want him to be. But I want him to challenge himself. I want him to be not focusing on perfection, but focusing on enjoying the game. And that's what Will Warren said yesterday. Like, honestly, it all kind of comes back to the same mentality in my mind. Will Warren said, 
when we were playing, when we were winning championships, when we were kicking ass in the minor league system, is because it didn't feel like we were playing the game, or it didn't feel like we were working. It felt like we were just playing it as friends, as buddies. We were having fun. Like, we were just going out there and beating the crap out of everybody, and it was an absolute blast. That's the mentality the Yankees need. It can't be a job for them anymore. You know, last year it was a job. They showed up, and they were just trying to survive. They were just trying to get through nine innings at times. They got to show up and have fun with this, man. They got to show up and have a brotherhood. They got to show up and have a damn team. Uh, because at times it doesn't feel like they're together. Uh, we know that some of those elements are there. We know they're injecting more of it with, you know, Volpe being more of a prominent piece, Austin Wells, some youngsters having more uh, say in this equation, Jason Dominguez hopefully getting an opportunity. Um, these guys want to win games, these guys want to play ball, and they're good enough to do that. But they got to create that chemistry. They got to create that brotherhood where they're playing for each other. They're going out and kicking ass because they're having fun doing it, not because they're trying to get out there and do a job. And like I think that really is separates like the winning team sometimes from the teams that don't get pushed, you know, don't push past um, into the postseason. You look at like the Houston Astros, man. They look like they're just having a blast out there, beating the crap out of everybody every every single season. The Dodgers had a great team, lost to the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks were a, like you said, like you said a couple days ago. You know, the Diamondbacks were just this brotherhood of freaking like what the hell's going on you know like they were just like a brotherhood of win of 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 guys that were winning because they loved playing the game together and they had this kind of band of misfit toys of all like performing at a high level at the same time but the dodgers had a better team on paper and they got completely wiped you know what i mean like that goes a long way in my opinion i think the yankees have that that capability to do that um but volpe's volpe's element here look he set the record for the most defensive runs saved um, in the history of the organization as a rookie, for the people that say he wasn't a good defensive player, they want to move from shortstop, please. Like, we can we put this to bed? He won a gold glove as a rookie, guys. Like, can we please put this this narrative to bed? He's a rookie, and he, he won a gold glove. He's going to get better. I mean, he's got ridiculous range, athleticism, good enough arm. Let's let him keep building on that, not disrupt it in the middle of his progress. Um, offensively, the 21 homers as a rookie is, you know, from the shortstop position, to me, pretty solid. 24 stolen bases. He actually slowed down during the second half of the year. I think they continue actually exercising that because they're going to have more chances to get him on base now as he gets better and the offense is generally better. More opportunities for him to get more at-bats. Um, and then 60 RBIs, I think we see obviously improvements there. Um, you know, 32% OBP. If he hit, got 320 OBP and hit like 240, 250, that's a sizable improvement with his power. Because if he got to a 110, 105, 110 WRC plus in his second year and maintains his development as a defensive player, you know, him as a number nine, guys, like that's going to be substantial value. Uh, so, you know, his, his steamer projections now have him hitting 228 with a 307 OBP, about an average hitter. Where do you think he ends up hitting? I think he could be a little bit better than that personally. Yeah, I think he could end up hitting above that. I think he'll have to try to, you know, get above that. I think his average, and this is going to be the most boomer thing I ever say on this podcast, he has to improve his average. Like, if you, he, he gets on base, like, in terms of, like, walking, he, he walks a decent amount. 8.7% isn't going to kill you, right? That's not the reason why he didn't have a good on-base percentage. It's because he hit 209, and he had a 259 bat pip. This is a guy who's consistently bat pipped extremely well in his career. If he can get back to putting up, you know, roughly a 280, 290, 300 bat pip, if he can get back to that number, he's going to hit for a higher average. He'll hit around, you know, 250, 260-ish. 
get to that range of, of average and you're gonna you're gonna be seeing Anthony Volpe that's a really good player right like that's a great player honestly you know again I kind of harken back to the great defense right he's, the, he's a premium defender at a premium dis- position with really good base running and also if you get on base more you can run more right uh you could steal more than 24 bases and also the Yankees need to let him run wild like let the guy just run as much as possible if he wants to try to steal you know if he wants to mix 50 attempts in a season let him attempt 50 steals in a season right like, just let the guy run it's part of his skill set it's a weapon. I think it would help the Yankees win games. I think it would help the Yankees get p- put pressure on other pitchers. And if you're sitting ninth, I mean, you, you, you put yourself in a situation where you're facing the Yankees leadoff hitter, um, and you've got Anthony Volpe dancing off first base. Avoid double play scenarios, you know, especially if you're leading off LeMahieu. You kind of want to avoid situations where Anthony Volpe's on first and LeMahieu pulls a ground ball to third base. If he's running, you don't got to force that second, right? And perhaps maybe a ground ball to second gets Volpe to third. Or, you know, even if he doesn't move, LeMahieu's out, but you have a chance now with Soto and Judge up to, to do some damage, right? You know, I think that's an advantage for the Yankees. I think he's an incredibly smart player. It's just a matter of getting more confident and, and being more comfortable at the plate. Um, and I think James Rosen, again, will play a huge role in that because of the experience he has working with young players and, you know, just kind of getting Anthony Volpe back to the to where he was at the minor league level and what he did to progress through the minor leagues as quickly as he did. I, I don't think Anthony Volpe's close to a lost cause. I think that projections kind of have him as like a league average hitter. And I think that would be a fine outcome. Like if he has a 100 WRC plus even with great defense, it's a pretty good player. Um, I know that you predicted him to be an all-star when we did our hot takes. And I think it's a that's not, a, I don't think that's not unreasonable of a take. Like, I know some people had an adverse reaction to it, but again, guys, he is, I mean, let's be real here. He's a popular player. He plays for the Yankees. So in terms of voting, he'll, he'll probably get the votes for if he's good enough. Um, and the defense is really good. He, he's going to provide a lot of player value. His counting stats are going to look pretty good. Um, you know, if he's able to, again, just refine, like, hit, you know, get back to where his average should be, get back to where the OBP should be, cut down the striker rates, do the things that, you know, typically young players do in year two, he's going to have a big leap. And Again, I want to harken back to Spencer Torkelson because that's the guy that um, we saw James Rosen play a heavy hand in developing and, and getting him from his year one to year two progression. Rosen only spent one year at the organization and Torkelson went from a guy who, you know, chased 24% of pitches, which that's not bad, actually. He, he But he did strike out a decent bit, um, 24.5%. Power wasn't there, only a 117 ISO. Only at 203, only at a 285 OBP, 75 WRC plus. That's brutal. And then it jumps up to 107 this past year. Could you imagine that percentage point jump for Volpe? We're talking like, you know, a 20, a 35% jump or 34% jump in WRC plus for Volpe. That would push him to what? I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, a one, a one, a 118. I mean, could you imagine a 118 WRC plus for Anthony Volpe? That's a great player. Like that's not even just a success as a prospect. That's just flat on an, an incredible player to have in your team. I'm not saying he's going to take that kind of leap, but we've seen guys take that kind of leap. Byron Buxton was god awful. Like if people people don't remember, that guy was a bust through his first few games or his first few years with the Twins. He it's funny because he replaced Hicks as their first round pick center fielder, and Hicks was also kind of a bust with the Twins. Um, but he had a, a, a terrible start to his career. Then he clicks in 2019 and he just figures it out. Puts out a 112 WRC plus. And through his first four years, I mean, he, he broke out at age 25, right? Like, that's much older than Volpe with much more pro experience, with much more minor league experience, right? Like, my, my point more so is we've seen Rosen take guys who have struggled at the minor league level and figure out what makes them click. And I think the Yankees brought him in for that reason. And now Byron Buxton's a superstar. I know he didn't have a great year this past year, um, but he's a superstar caliber player. Um, and, and I think that you can get Volpe to a point where he is at least a very good caliber player or a good caliber player. Right now, he's a league average player. And you're going to want more than league average out of one of your, your top prospects. Convert him into like a three to four war player. It's an absolute success, in my opinion, of a draft pick.
Absolutely. So, you know, we'll see what happens in the development, the progress, as you mentioned. A lot of people were had adverse reactions to um, I take that Anthony Volpe could be an all-star next year. But listen, guys, if he increases those stolen bases, if he gets a little better defensively and, you know, he starts to make more contact and, and keep that flight path up and keep hitting homers, I don't see... I don't think it's that crazy to think that he could sneak his way into the all-star conversation. Um, knowing Anthony Volpe, that's his goal. Like, if you if he had a whiteboard and you asked him to draw his goals out in 2024, I would be willing to bet the house that it says on there, make the all-star game, right? You know that Anthony Volpe wants that. And usually, usually speaking, when Anthony Volpe puts his mind to something, when he faces that challenge, when he wants it, you see him put more work into it than anybody else. So I kind of feel as though... Um, I'll, I'll put my chips in on Anthony Volpe sneaking his way in or at least having a shot. Do I think it's probable? I wouldn't say it's probable. I think it's possible. Um, but I think this is a really talented young player, guys. I mean, come on. He, what is he, still 22 years old? Um, yeah, he's 22 years old. He's super young. This is a really good situation for us. Having him as the number nine, in a perfect world, he gets good enough to be our primary future leadoff hitter um, where he can get on base quickly, steal a bag in front of Soto, steal a bag in front of Judge, and the Yankees are suddenly leading 1-2-0 in the first inning. And think about what that does for you in a playoff game, what that does for you in a regular season game, what that does to quell any concerns about starting pitching, how much confidence and motivation that gives your starting pitcher saying, I don't even I don't even have to start this game with a on a deficit at a deficit. I could start this game up 1-2-0 most games. Like that's that's a pretty nice luxury to have if you're a pitcher. So, um, you know, we'll definitely see how things progress. Always happy to hear your perspectives down below in the YouTube comment section. Make sure to like and subscribe as always. And we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Yankees episode.